Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. Here's your host, Stacey Jones. Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. I'm Stacey Jones, and I'm so happy to be here with you all today. I want to give a very warm welcome to G. Ranasina. G is the CEO of Kixinel, an award-winning marketing agency who, over the past 14 years, has helped more than 350 startups and small businesses from over 20 countries grow awareness, reputation, trust, and sales. A fellow of the Chartered Institute of Marketing, G is also a visiting professor at a European business school, teaches marketing and behavioral economics to final year MBA students. Today, G and I are going to dive into why effective marketing today is in crisis. We'll learn what works in marketing from G's perspective, what should be avoided, and how some businesses and individuals just miss the mark. G, welcome. I'm so happy to have you here today. Very happy to be here, Stacey. Thank you for um, having me on. Thank of you. Of course. What I love to always do is start off having our listeners learn a little bit more about how you got to where you are today, because you are a very accomplished marketer. You have a very interesting background to how you got here. And I think it would be fantastic for you to dive and share a little bit more. Sure. Okay. Um, I've, um, I'm a, I've been in marketing a long time, Stacey. I've been in marketing since 1998, since the days of dial-up internet and AOL CDs. Remember AOL CDs? I do. My Those? husband still actually has an AOL account, so I don't know if I should be admitting wow. that. Wow. Yeah. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. I, I remember AOL CDs, we used to use them as drinks coasters. There you go. Yeah. So that's when I started. Um, later on, for, um, for seven years, I was worldwide director of marketing for a software company. Mm -hmm. um, software companies serving blue chip clients such as Time Inc., um, Ikea, Nestle, Airbus, Marvel, these sorts of guys. Um, and, well, I mean, the reason we started the agency was when I was in that position, whenever I was inviting marketing agencies to pitch for our business, I was I was pretty amazed that none of them would take any fiduciary responsibility for the marketing plans that they were actually proposing. And I just thought that was a really, really weird, right? Mm -hmm. All of the agencies were more interested in the tactical elements, you know, web design, ads, events, experiential, whatever, you know, and no one was asking me about the business result on which the marketing plan needed to deliver when I thought that was a bit crazy, you know. So it dawned on me that there were a ton of startups and small businesses out there needing help with marketing from a business perspective, mm -hmm. primarily from a business perspective, you know, designing and managing a marketing plan, gener generating qualified leads, to you know, ultimately produce a tangible commercial difference. So, like I said, this was 2007, which is around the same time the internet sort of began to really affect our, our daily lives. It was, you know, the iPhone had just come out, and it was the big brands who were the ones taking advantage of the potential of the of the internet based upon their deeper pockets. Basically, you know, they had more technical experience. Um, and I felt small businesses were getting left behind. Um, you know, affordable broadband was just coming on board. And I felt there was an opportunity for a marketing resource specifically aimed at small businesses and startups that could help those guys leverage the power of online engagement. Um, so 2008, I uh, resigned my comfortable corporate job with its 
trappings of international travel and company cars and expense accounts and all that sort of stuff. And so we launched Kexino. Um, so that was nearly 15 years ago. Um, and now, you know, primarily we focus on marketing with a capital M. So, yes, of course, we get involved in the tactical stuff, you know, the uh, design and web development and SEO and copywriting and PR and social and advertising and all the rest of that sort of stuff. Um, but primarily we like to focus on the strategic stuff, um, number one, um, primarily because very few agencies actually bother to do that nowadays, which I think is part of the reason why we have the situation today where so much marketing fails to generate a tangible result it just doesn't move the needle it's there's loads of noise and not very much signal you know um and um and like like you mentioned i also teach you know what they say about people who can and people who can't right well there's also so, those there are quite a number of people who teach who actually know what they're doing so it sounds okay. like you actually know what you're doing and and for our listeners you know, when I'm preparing for a podcast and, and I don't always know everything about someone who's coming on, I will do a deep dive into their LinkedIn and into their website. And it's always a pleasure when I do the deep dive and I realize that the person I'm going to speak with, and, and it always people do always, everyone on the show is very, very knowledgeable and very much so an expert. But when they truly walk the talk that they are delivering to their clients and G is a marketer and his website is so dialed in that you read it, you walk away from it, and you understand his entire thought philosophy around marketing, around clients, around partnership, around all these things. And I think it resonated with me because they're very similar thought part, uh, patterns and beliefs that I have with Hollywood Brandon and our agency. And Gene and I have a lot of in commonality as well. We both started our agencies 15 years ago, approximately really, really crappy time in the world to have started a business when and that basically everything around the world was falling down with recessions, um, you know, and we have the same size employee and staffing. And so there's just a lot about him that really actually resonates. I think it's the word when he says strategic, if you read his website, you are going to see that it is done with a strategic thought process, not just Yes, we do SEO. Yes, we do website. Yes, we do, as he just was saying. And so he does walk the walk that he preaches. Wow. How much do I owe you for that, Stacey? Exactly. I mean, $9.99. Do, do you take PayPal? I mean, how does that work? <laughs> <laughs> That's so, very kind of you to say. Thank you. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's been a long, hard journey. And unfortunately, people like us, I mean, you and I, we are in the minority. Um, and that is a problem and that's not just a problem for agencies who do actually have the customer's best interests at, at, at heart but it's a it's it's a problem i think for the industry as a whole because you know there's there's a lot of snake oil sellers out there in any industry yeah. but you know especially i think in marketing because people who people think they can be marketers by getting a creative cloud subscription and buying yourself a laptop right i mean it's 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 really really um, disconcerting when pretty much every day I'm on the phone to someone um, metaphorically drying their eyes because they've had their fingers burnt by somebody purporting to be a marketer, right. 
who hasn't got a clue what they're doing and they're diving straight into tactical execution before they've even spoke. They don't know anything about the industry, the category, the business, the customer profile, nothing. Yeah. And they think, you know, it's the same recipe regardless of what dish you're serving up, you know? And it but just really, really annoys me. Sorry, <laughs> maybe you can tell it annoys me. <laughs> it does. Well, I think it's the reason why there's a lot of disconnect within organizations as well, right? There's this belief system that marketing is just tactical, that there is no strategy. Yes, and that's absolutely. the reason why you have your sales teams who are so combative sometimes working with your marketing teams, because they don't understand that marketing is the strategy behind how sales are actually going to happen for your company. And that if you don't get that dialed in and figured out, that you're not going to hit your bottom lines. You're not going to be able to be fiscally responsible for your company because your brand, your ethos of your company is all based on branding and marketing, which results into the growth of the company. Absolutely. I, I mean, I, I, I couldn't have said it better myself, to be honest. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, I, I think there's a number of reasons for that. Um, I, I think, you know, number one, people's idea of what marketing is and what marketing actually is are two very different things. Mm -hmm. And much of that has been driven by what they've seen in the past, mm -hmm. right? Marketers haven't been allowed to do what their job is supposed to be doing. So what it's, what it's um, defaulted down to has been a sales support role, right? So marketing, you think, oh yeah, well, that's pretty pictures. That's brochures. That's design. That's events that's tote bags it's squeeze balls right mm -hmm. and and th this is one one of one of the issues that i have with this whole thing is is that marketers marketing i think is in crisis right now and it really is the turning point and it can go either way it really can and i think marketing's in crisis for two very separate reasons which are nonetheless connected and the first reason is it's not respected in the boardroom mark i really believe marketing is ideologically disliked in the higher levels of business only because um, they don't make understand it it's not black and white and so they haven't figured out I, how I to think see it as black that, and white actually. i think yeah i think it's more than that i think it's because of the way marketing works okay and and because of the way, the way business works and the way marketing works, right? Now, this comes down to two different schools of thought in terms of effectiveness and efficiency, okay? And it's, it's important to understand the difference between effectiveness and efficiency, and it somewhat explains the reason why um, the boardroom, CEOs and especially CFOs, have an absolute fear of marketing, okay? And I think it's because the way businesses conflate efficiency with effectiveness, okay? And they're not the same word, right? Mm -hmm. Effectiveness is about how well you're doing something to achieve your goals, right? It's how successful you are mm -hmm. at delivering what you set out to do, right? While efficiency is a, is a ratio, it's about how much input you make to deliver a particular output, okay? So if you're chasing efficiency metrics, what you're trying to do is generate the same or near enough the same output 
for as low an input as possible, which is the way that much of the rest of business works, right? You get to the point where, you know, I need to make, I'm a business making widgets, right? If I can make those widgets cheaper, more efficiently, um, and retain that margin further along within that chain, um, I'm more profitable. So what businesses are doing are try they're trying to apply an efficiency model to marketing, right? But they take the lifeblood out of what marketing can actually be by doing that too. Sometimes, well, well right, exactly. Because the, the thing is, marketing doesn't work that way, right? So if if you're chasing effectiveness mm -hmm. instead of efficiency, what you're about is maximizing the outcome based upon a particular tactic or combination of tactics. It's about achieving the biggest success you can, how effective you can be, mm -hmm. rather than efficiency, which is getting the best result for a specific investment, right? Mm -hmm. So efficiency is a ratio between input and output, um, which is the way the finance department sees the marketing department. Yeah. You see what I mean? 100%. And so the, the, the problem with thinking of it as an efficiency model is that we're dealing with a target which is not a rational, logical, repeatable output because we're dealing with human beings, mm -hmm. okay? And human beings are the absolute opposite of rational, logical, consistent and repeatable, right? Because human behavior affects everything about marketing and it's been, and it's being totally ignored you you there there are, there are plenty of inputs um contextual influences that affect human behavior which by by inference affect the buying decision which cannot be quantified rationalized or or or, or you can't put a number to them in the same way that you can to, you know, the size of a widget, the thickness of the widget, the type of metal or whatever else. There's no, if, if you think about it, right, things like there isn't an SI unit for regret, for frustration, for fear. Yet all of these things are, con are contextual influences on making buying decisions. But they're not being factored in when you're creating an effective marketing model. So this, this, is, this is one reason why I think marketing is crisis. So what, what, what's happening of it by, infra, by, by result is that um, we're getting to the point where by going for an efficiency met, matrix, mm -hmm. primarily, we're exercising all of the creativity out of the equation. Do you see what I mean? Mm -hmm. So and and you you've seen this a hundred times i'm sure i mean i know i've seen it right you see something that's being that's being produced if you cover up the logo it could be Works used for anyone, anyone. Because for any brand any right? category yes you know and so so what people are doing is that they're using tools they use they're using data to drive decisions rather than use data to to form better insights to make decisions mm -hmm. They're being driven by the data um, to create 
templated artwork with royalty-free pictures that you throw in this stuff that you create like 50 different versions of headlines and subheads and you just blast it out anywhere um, and you measure the results. Well, that's not marketing, is it? Well, what you're missing is creating the brand, the essence of what you're actually trying to market. There's there's no distinctiveness. There's no differentiation, Mm -hmm. which are the only things that matter in these sorts of contextual environments to differentiate you from the 101 other competitive companies that are there selling what you're selling. So everybody's being lumped together. So what happens you're, you're, if without differentiation, you're seen as a commodity. Mm-hmm. And once you're a commodity, that's a downward spiral. And uh, the only way out of that is to compete on price. And we all know where that's going to end up, right? Because no matter what you're selling, who you're selling it to, there's always someone somewhere who's going to sell it for less. And this applies to all things. It's not just widgets and product. It also is service businesses and anything you can think of under the sun. And you're putting your brand in more jeopardy because of the lack of differentiation and the fact that you just blend in. You're not being a Coca-Cola, an Apple, all these phones that have developed and devised through marketing and branding who their personality is. And they allow it to come out through their advertising, which is a very different approach than what you're talking about, what happens on the norm for most companies. Without being able to stand out, without being able to articulate the difference in value between you and whomever else you're competing against, customers will default to the status quo. And the status quo is the person who they already know. So they're not going to take a chance on you, right? The big guys are big for two reasons. Yes, they've got market share, but they've got um, share of voice. They're the ones, it's, it, in marketing, we call it salience, right? It's mental availability. It's the, it's the brand you think of when you think of a particular category, right? Now, you, to, to beat the top guy in, or girl in that category is going to be pretty difficult. But if you're not even in that consideration space when the buyer is ready to buy, you might as well not exist, right? The most dangerous thing you can do with your marketing is to be meh, to be grey, to be um, average with your marketing. If, if you haven't got the guts, the balls to stand out, you might as well put the clothes sign on and go home, right? Go work in a bank or something and get a, a set salary every month because this is not what you're cut out to do. You are going to fail. It's not a question of if, it's a question of when. But too many business owners are too scared to actually go out there and and cause a ruckus to stand out in amongst their peers mm-hmm. because they're frightened of alienating people. But you are always going to alienate people. There's no such thing as, you know, all things to all people, right? You you know, breaking omelets and, and eggs, right? All of that stuff. It, it's going to happen. But if you don't do it, the 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 result is going to be far, far worse. So what you so what you have are people who are self-diagnosing, business owners who go and they look for people who think they're marketers, who are not marketers, who are tacticians, all right? They are ex- they're executors. They, they do tactical work. They do web design or they do SEO or they do design or they do whatever they do, okay? Mm-hmm. But un- unless you move further up and you can actually put together some codification of those brand assets in a 
consistent, repeatable form so that you're clearly differentiated, not just by message, but in terms of how the output is considered. So regardless of touch point, regardless of channel, regardless of media, people know, ah, oh, that's an XYZ piece of content because of, you know, typography, color, design, imagery, what, 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 whatever, what logos, whatever that may be, right? If there's no codification there, nothing, nothing resembles anything else mm -hmm. when it's produced. Quite often you're getting different service providers to do different things. So you've got one personal agency doing the web design, one personal agency doing print design, one personal agency doing the ads, somebody else doing the SEO, etc., etc. And unless you're experienced or educated in marketing yourself as the coordinator of all of these things, it is going to fall down. It's not. It's not a question of if. Yeah. Right. So all all of these things work against you in terms of the customer's expectations because, like we said right at the beginning, customers' buying expectations is being set by the biggest brands in the world, right? It doesn't... You are in competition with Apple and Coca-Cola and Nike and Zappos and all of these guys who offer an exceptional customer experience, right? You are being judged by the experience the customers are having with those people. So if you can't mash, marry that up with the expectations the customers go through, there's a disconnect and there's a lack of trust and the whole thing collapses. Now, this doesn't mean you have to spend a gazillion ton of money. Not at all. It's, it's basic logical presets about what value and trust looks like. At the at the beginning of any of these relationships, no matter what you're selling, you're not selling widgets, you're not selling services, you're not selling web design, you're not selling window frames, you're not selling flooring, you're selling trust. Because unless they trust you, they're not going to buy from you, are they? So this is the ultimate thing that you need to be selling right at the beginning. And so many small business owners fall over at that very, very first hurdle with stupid things that they're doing on their website. Really, really, really obvious things. I can give you a list, but you know we'll be here. We'll be here all day. Um, but 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 they fall at that first hurdle, and then they think they know what the marketing problem is. Mm -hmm. Like I said, they self-diagnose, so they go to a provider looking for a value exchange. But it's a simple transactional relationship. There's no long-term um, relationship going on there. Because and it inevitably fails. Right. right. If, well, a lot of know, times if, if, these individuals, sorry, right, real fast, these individuals who are at the business, who are the owner operator, who are the designated point in charge of that department, they might not have the strategic chops because they're running operations. They're running a so many things, so many balls in the air for that company. It's not their day job. Right. And they should be they should be focused on their business, not in their business, right? There are plenty of other people to do that stuff, even if they can do it. And, you know, my argument is they can't. And they're self-diagnosing. They say the reason why we're not getting leads is because our website sucks, right? It may not be, right? Self-diagnosing, right? If If I go to the doctor, okay, because I've got a pain in my chest, and I say to the doctor, I've got heart problems give me heart medication 
doctor was going to say, who the hell are you to tell me what you've got, right? That's my job. Right? The doctor will diagnose you. He'll maybe run some tests, right? And then based upon his education experience and all the rest of it, he will then diagnose what... Now, it may be that I've got a heart condition, or it may be that I had some really spicy food last night and I've got gas, right? It's But at the end of the day, it's not up to me to tell the doctor what he should be, he or she should be doing. It's the same thing as if I go to a mechanic. If I go to the mechanic and say, I need a new transmission, and the mechanic says, all you need to do is have an oil change, right? What, are you going to say, no, change the transmission anyway, because I know more than you do? Of course not. Yes, right? but Mechanic Wiki and, and Dr. Wikipedia and... Marketing Wikipedia all say to do X, Y, Z. And we're very good at self-diagnoses and not actually stacking, having the knowledge of what's going on or the ability to step back and see the bigger picture. A little knowledge is a dangerous thing. That's what they say, isn't it? So when and you say selling trust is the first hurdle, how do you do trust. that? How there do you sell trust? Uh, it, it, it starts right at the very beginning, Marketing 101, which is really what most people are not doing, okay? Um, and, I mean, to, to, to give a, 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 um, a synopsis of what the whole thing would look like, I can give you, I mean, from a real-world marketing process, it starts, number one, with diagnosis, okay? Work out what the hell is going on, what's working, what's not working, find out where those pain points are. I know very few people are doing this, but it's absolutely crucial because if you don't know the underlying problem, you can't come up with a solution. Like I said, supposing, you know, for example, I'll have a business owner come to me and say, I need a new website. Okay. And I say, well, why do you need a new website? Well, because our website sucks. Well, why does it suck? Well, it's not generating any leads. Okay. Now, the fact that it's not generating any leads doesn't necessarily mean you need a new website right? There's not a direct correlation between the two. And quite often, I mean, okay, sometimes you see like really, really, really bad websites, right? But quite often what the problem is, is the copy stinks, right? The website, you know, design is, you know, beauty's in the eye of the, eye of the beholder, right? You know, we can always make something look different and, you know, more aesthetically pleasing. But if, if if there's no meat in the sandwich, if you're not if you're not saying and articulating your value, your your, your differentiation, why you're distinctive, then of course you're looking and sounding just like everybody else. This is why diagnosis is so crucial, because you can't come up with a solution unless you know the underlying problem. You have because you have no insight to drive your approach. Okay, and I, I, you're not in marketing. You're just waving a wet finger in the air. The thing is, diagnosis is a practical thing. It's not rocket science, right? I mean, I have an issue with people who are precious about data and try to raise it into something almost biblical in its veracity, okay? It's not. It's low-down, dirty, hands-in-the-shit kind of stuff, okay? Mm -hmm. the, the standard way of generating insight and data, okay? For us, you know, we'll do our uh, our in initial qualitative research, mm -hmm in you know interviews focus groups ethnography whatever that may be to inductively understand the market and the business plan within that market and once we've done that then we'll channel those insights into qual qualitative data okay 
which is usually some kind of survey with a list of questions. Um, now, for smaller companies, this is often where I get pushed back because they don't have the budget. Okay, um, but it doesn't have. Firstly, it doesn't cost as much as it used to cost. Certainly not. Um, but you can get away without doing the qual. It's not necessary, really. Um, but it's nice to have. Um, traditionally, the next steps are ST and P, right? Segmentation, targeting, positioning. Mm -hmm. So you do market orientation, which is identifying the needs and desires of consumers and creating products and services that satisfy them, which is something 1900 businesses don't do. They do it the other way around, right? Um, you know, they create a product and then try to find a customer for it. You know what I mean? Um, a little backwards for it, but it works for some, does not work for right? most. So then you gather the research data and then you complete the market segmentation, the drivers, the behaviors, the commonalities, the three phases of diagnosis, right? Mm -hmm. To create the segmentation. Now, segmentation, I want to say, is not a strategy. Segmentation is not about you. It's about the market. Okay. Then you get to the strategy stages where you evaluate the targeting choices that we have. I have to make some decisions about who we're going after, position ourselves to those targets, what our objectives are, what the messaging looks like per segment, right? You may have an overall positioning statement, but the messaging may be different to different customer cohorts, right? So there's putting that together. But strategy at the end of the day is, strategy is, it's, it's not that hard. It's as much about what you say no to as what you say yes to, really, okay? And once you've done all of that, only then do we get to the tactical stuff, which is what most civilians think of when they think of marketing. Okay. Then but there's usually another are... stage possibly where you can track what you've done and go back to the diagnosis to see whether you succeeded or not. I mean, you're um, saying people are skipping basically three steps, three important marketing steps to get to the last stage of tactical, unless there's this additional. Well, so you know, we can go back to the four P's of marketing, right? That we, 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 we all remember, right? And what people are doing are just going straight into tactical. So they're, 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 not, they're, they're just looking at promotion. Mm -hmm. And even then, they're only looking at, at a tiny percentage of a tiny percentage of that four P's. Okay? So they're just focusing on tactics without any strategy. So it's no wonder that the whole thing falls to pieces. Okay? You know, tactics are, there's four execution elements to tactics, right? Some people call them four Ps, right? Product, promotion, placement, and pricing, okay? And everybody's just focusing on the promotions part, the comms part, because that's the stuff that people who don't know about marketing jump straight into because they're the idiots who don't have a clue what they're doing, right? And their bosses don't know any better because that's the only output, the only tangible output that they see from marketers from, from, from way back when, Right? But the importance of knowing the diagnosis strategy and tactical stuff is that it's multiplicative. By that, I mean, if you screw up the diagnosis, your strategy and tactics are going to be screwed up as well. Right. If you get one of them wrong, the whole thing's going to go wrong. And that's why marketing's hard. <laughs> right. But this is also why, why marketing for most businesses doesn't work. You know, because in theory, this work should be spread and deployed across every customer facing part of the business which, as we both know, means every part of the business. But in reality, the only thing that's done... So right, your customer you know, service is part of this. Your Marketing is sales, finance. Your... Marketing is customer service. Marketing is R&D. Marketing is sales. Marketing is all of these things mm -hmm. and a lot more, right? So this is why we have the current situation where marketing is seen as a sales support role. 
you know, tasked with writing blog posts and shouting at people on social media and email blasts about nothing in particular and organising trade shows and stuff, right? Marketing, for instance, doesn't get involved with pricing anymore, right? Why not? And the reason is twofold. Firstly, the board doesn't trust what marketing does, as I mentioned before. And secondly, marketers are lousy at talking board. They don't speak the language of the boardroom, right? They start going all woo-woo with language like salience and uh, engagement and you know, words that mean absolutely nothing to these bean counters who are around the, around the boardroom table. So what happens is we get a hodgepodge of disconnected, ill-considered tactics that serve little purpose but are cheap. <laughs> They're cheap to do, all right, but they talk total BS that civilians i.e. people not in the business, don't give a crap about, right? Mm. So you're talking about VR and AR and machine learning and metaverse and 3D printing and customers don't give a crap about any of that, mm. right? Customers have a problem, right? They want the problem to go away. They want to find someone who can make their problem go away in exchange for money. That's it. That's all it is, all right? It's pathetic, and no wonder why marketers are constantly having to justify their existence to the board by doing wackier and wackier stuff. And more complicated presentations that really are just stuff. fluff pieces. But, but, yeah, but also the, 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 the tricks, I mean, the shyster stuff, right? Why did we have to have GDPR and CCPA? As well as a load of others which are just coming down next year, right? Why did we have to have these things? Because marketers couldn't be trusted to do their jobs in the first place. They had to do all of this other stuff. Cookies and remarketing tags and, you know, programmatic, all this other crap. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm ranting a little bit here, Stacey. I apologize. <laughs> you're welcome to rant. <laughs> you know, I, I think that you're certainly hitting, you know, the reasons why marketing's not working. Uh, how does a company change this? You know, you said, you know, the first thing you have to do is build trust. So if you are advising a client, what would you say that they need to go out and do now with their marketing? How, if they're like, yep, G is so right, we suck at this. <laughs> how would you suggest they take a step back, reevaluate and reapproach? Well, we, firstly, we have to understand that the future of marketing is is in in terms of tactical is is quite different to where we were before. Okay, that that's that's quite clear, and I don't think anybody disagrees with that, right? Mm -hmm. Certainly, the um, the fallout from COVID, working from home, and all that sort of stuff, is forcing businesses to think differently, right? Especially in B two B, right? Because if you've got a contact who's only in the office a day or so a week, how do you reach that person, mm -hmm. right? Uh, so it's forcing us to think differently. But at the same time, it's giving all of us an unbelievable opportunities to stop all the crap we've doing for the past decade or so mm -hmm. that's been pissing off customers as well as generating smaller and smaller results, right? It's the chance to take the team off the you know, this kind of works cruise control setting to simplify, to focus and to change the definition of success, okay? 
And I think if it's if if you're a, a marketer with a uppercase M, as I call them, it's realizing that your your job is not as a sales support role. It's not to update the website to or reorder tote bags or you know check the booth is going to fit in the exhibition space. The reality is growth is your job, right? That's the job. It's the only job, right? And like we're just saying, marketing isn't just marketing anymore. Marketing is sales. Marketing is operations. Marketing is customer support. Marketing is finance. Mm -hmm. And it's important for everybody around that business to rally around that new mental model. What's the implications for your particular business of that shift? Okay? And let's make it really practical. Number one, marketers have to be able to speak the language of the boardroom, the language of finance. Right? I think it's increasingly important for marketing to continue to have the skills that the business needs. Need to abandon all the geek speak that we love as marketing people and understand, really communicate in the way the business needs, okay? From an industry perspective, from a from an execution perspective, I think we need to reform marketing by getting people to accept that value is subjective, um, and context-dependent and meaning-dependent, okay? That value is formed in the mind of the customer and it's it's produced as much by the singer as it's produced by the song, if you like, okay? The standard economic model overweights the, um, the extent to which value is produced in the factory, in the manufacturing department and not in the head. And I think we, we're going to have to change that because I see the next real advance in our industry moving forward is not going to be technological. It's going to be psychological. Mm-hmm. It's going to be to understand how people think and how people react to certain stimulus and shaping the way that we communicate our business value accordingly. It has to be that because there is going to be a, a pushback, a reaction to all of this um, AI, ML, Muzak that's being created at the moment to something emotionally driven, right? Whatever we're buying, un- unless it's a commodity, in which case brand comes into play in a very strong way, but otherwise, whatever we're buying, whether it's B2C or B2B, okay, we buy emotionally and then we post-rationalise logically, okay? And that's what, what whatever you're talking about, whatever you're selling. The only diff- really difference between B2B and B2C in that particular environment is that in B2B, you usually have more than one decision maker that you need to convince. But otherwise, it's the same thing. OK, mm-hmm. let me give you an example. Do we have time? Are we OK for time? We have a couple of minutes. Yes. OK. OK. One of my vices, Stacey, is shoes. OK. I love a pair of shoes. All right. OK. So if I'm walking down the street and I look in a store window and I see a pair of shoes and you know when you fall in love with something the first time you see it, you go, oh my God, right? And you go into the store and you try them on and they're amazing pair of <laughs> shoes, okay? And then you turn them upside down and then you get sticker shock, mm-hmm. right? At which point you have a decision to make. And if you believe the story that brand has told you, or how the sales assistant has treated you, all the rest of it, you may buy those shoes, Okay. And then you come home, okay? 
And then you come home, maybe, you know, uh, put the kettle on, get a cup of coffee going, whatever. And then you, you, you sit down and you open these shoes, you start looking at these shoes. And then suddenly you go, I've spent how much? You have that dawning, that realisation, you know. And then what do you do? You convince yourself, right? You say, oh, look at that leather. It's so soft. It's so malleable. You know, it's going to be so comfortable to wear. Look look at the design. It's it's timeless. It's going to go with so many of my outfits. Look at the quality of manufacture. It's going to last so much longer than these other shoes that I buy. And you tell this story to yourself to convince yourself. You post-rationalise after the purchase. Now, if you've done a good job to yourself, then you keep them. If you don't, then you return them. But the point is, you're buying here. You're buying emotionally. And then you're post-rationalising logically, rationally. Mm. And it's the same thing with B2B. People don't understand it. Because even if you're doing your, your Excel matrix and putting down, you know, pros and cons and everything else, you have two or three which pretty much could work. Any of those solutions could work. Mm -hmm. How do you make that decision? It's a gut decision based upon maybe the salesperson, maybe the the, the UI that you saw with this, if it's software, or it may be the, the colour. It could be it, so many different things, but it's an emotional um, decision that tips you over the edge. Okay? And this is what we're missing. And we, by, by exorcising this element out of the output of marketing we're missing a trick we really are mm -hmm. well i think you covered a lot and i think that you painted a really good picture about the fact that businesses need to approach marketing differently and marketers themselves need to look at it beyond the tactics beyond just strategy and really again look at how they can impact the entire company from the very basics all the way to the very, very in-depth. And by creating that and making an ethos over all of the entire brand, you're going to be able to support it better and you're going to be actually able to storytell and keep all of these elements united versus having it just be jumping off of a page of a website, as you said, that can be replicated by anyone. Absolutely. Absolutely. How can our listeners find you? Very easily. You can find me on LinkedIn, which is the fast, probably one of the fastest ways to get hold of me. Okay. I mean, otherwise I'm on, you know, pretty much every social media channel that you can think of and quite a few that I shouldn't even be on, but I go in there to test these things. Um, otherwise, the website of the, our agency is Kexino. That's K-E-X-I-N-O. You can find me at kexino.com. What would be your last parting words of advice to our listeners today on how to kickstart a better marketing strategy? What is the one or two things they can do right now? Turn off your computer. Stop starting up Canva or Photoshop or InDesign or all of these things. You don't need them at this stage. The first thing you should be doing is talking to your customer. And you should be doing that before anything. And so few people bother to do it. Do you think they bother to not do it? They don't bother to do it, however, which way you want to say it, because 
it's a natural feeling or it makes yeah. them feel vulnerable. They're afraid that their customer is going to tell them and break their balloon that they have created about who the brand is and how its perception is. And if they actually go out and talk and find out it's not true, that they're looking at a mountain that they're going to have to climb versus the hill that they think they have ahead of them. Your brand is not what you say it is. Your brand is what your customers say it is. They're in control of the brand, not you. doesn't matter what you say, okay? Too many people who call themselves marketers have never been in sales. They don't know how to converse with people, right? And they want to hide behind email and um, phone calls and this sort of stuff, okay? The more that you can understand your customer, what she's thinking, what her hopes, fears, aims, goals are, so you can understand where she's going to be tomorrow as well as what, where she is today. The better you can be as a marketer and the more effective you can be as a business. And do you think some of this comes with marketers who are more tacticians because they don't have the breadth of experience of owning, of being responsible for all the cogs that make a business run? And I'm not, and there's a, there is a differential between a marketing agency or an advertising agency owner and the team that they that works underneath them and, rep and reports to them. There's a different way that the world is looked at a bit. I think, I, I think a lot of it comes down to the lack of experience and education in marketing generally, okay? Uh, which is the reason why I got involved in education because, you know, getting there at the grassroots is all very well complaining, right? put your money where your mouth is, let's get up front and start doing things. And that's, that's why I did it, okay? Because I was fed up with taking on interns who were just given losers jobs of like database cleaning and crap like that, right? Couldn't give them anything decent. I mean, you know, they could talk wax lyrical about, you know, blue ocean strategy or some other bullshit, right? But they, they couldn't do something tactical, ta tangible, right? So that's why I got involved. But, it, you know, it, it, it's not a huge mountain to climb, Stacey, right? These people are being, it's, it's the blind leading the blind. These people are led by people who don't know what they're doing, mm -hmm. right? So when they get to that position, they ape what they had themselves. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, yeah. right? And people are confusing marketing with comms or promotions. And marketers are perpetuating that myth because they just want a job. But it's, it's doing a disservice to the industry and the business that they're working with because they're not being able to, to effectively make a tangible difference to the bottom line of the business, which is the whole point of what they're doing. Well, G, thank you so much for coming on board today. It's and my absolute pleasure, Stacey. Chat. Thank you very much for inviting me. I do appreciate it. And as I said, I love how your brain works. I love what you're doing with your clients. So really appreciate your insights and the time that you shared with us today. Thank you. Of course. And to all of our listeners, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. I look forward to chatting with you this next week. And until then, if you like and think you might want to try and explore some new marketing tactics like product placement, Influencer marketing, celebrity endorsement, and actually have a way to find out how that will drive your KPIs, how it will actually resonate with your customer, how it will actually change how you do business. 
give my agency a call. I look forward to chatting with you. Have a great weekend.